Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Hey, hey, let's go Buffalo. Hey, hey, let's go Buffalo. The Bills make me wanna Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. The Bills ruined the Patriots Tea Party 24-10 in Gillette Stadium to go 9-3 and in the season and win their first divisional game of the season. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and this episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. If you're in the Western New York or Central New York area, do yourself a favor. Head on over to the DeLago Resort and Casino. Have a drink, place a bet, have something to eat. You will not regret it. We are going to discuss the Bills' victory over the New England Patriots. <clears throat> We're going to go over our thoughts on the game, some stats of the game, our sweet sassy molassy plays of the game, and as always, our Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers with some help from our amazing followers on Twitter. So I'm joined in this episode by my co-host, John. And John... uh Going into this game, the Bills were 0-2 in divisional games. They had not won one yet. Uh, fans were kind of down about this. I did a, a poll of, like, you know, how do you feel confidence-wise over the Bills game? And I want to say, uh, you know, 1 being not very confident, 10 being very confident. It was split down the middle. There was not a whole lot of uber confidence or there wasn't uh, – there was a lot of people worried, too, at the same time. So – uh Obviously, with this game, uh, the Bills weren't in jeopardy of losing this game. It felt like pretty much the entire game, even through missing Deion Dawkins, even with you know David Questenberry and injured David Questenberry starting at left tackle for Deion Dawkins. Um, Von Miller is on IR, as we found out today. They he was placed on IR, so we, we know we're going to lose him for at least four games. Uh, so we're missing him, but you know we got a lot of pieces back. You know Trey White uh, played most of if not the entire game today so uh this this felt like a good game this was a good game to win i was a little apprehensive at first just because of you know who they were missing i thought matthew judon um and o'shea would eat a lot more which they still did eat they still did pressure and uh allen a lot and put him on his back but um i feel i feel really good after this game the bills are nine and three they're eight points away from being 12 and oh on the entire season and uh, and I thought they looked good on primetime. John, welcome to the podcast. How, uh, what were your thoughts on, on tonight's victory? Hey, Nate. 
Nate, uh, feeling pretty good right now. Um, I don't know if you noticed my response in the confidence poll. I think I uh, picked uh, 17 is my number. I did see that, 17. 17 out of 10, well done, well played. Yeah, pretty confident. And, uh, you know, obviously the Bills came through. Uh, it was it was nice to not have a heart attack game, especially for a night game. Um, especially, you know, uh, you know, we had a string of close ones, too. Um, not that those are bad, like, right? You know, like, everybody's like, oh, Bills can't win a close game. Well, look, they won some close games, and then they're getting criticized for winning those games. <laughs> some people are never funny? happy, are they? Jeez. <laughs> It's like, oh, well, you but, know, it, uh, only, it only counts if they beat, like, the best teams in the NFL and win close. I don't care if they win, like, almost 500 teams, right? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. But, uh, no, it's great. It, I mean, like, look where they were last year. They were 7-6. and six. Um, You know, they're 9-3 and three now. That's fantastic. Exactly, and, and it stinks that they lost Von Miller, but like I said, you know, they should get him by the end of the season. Um, you know, there's, you and I mentioned when we talked about the Thanksgiving game last week, you know, rumors circulating about a potential Micah Hyde return. And, uh, and he, and I, I feel like he's missed. I like Damar Hamlin. I think he's, I think he's a pretty good backup. Um, I think he lacks something in coverage. And, uh, and that was shown today that, that the only touchdown by the Patriots tonight, was a pass where it was just like a screen pass, and Demar Hamlin basically missed the guy that actually got caught the pass. He went to the guy that was blocking instead, and the guy just scampered on for like a 48-yard touchdown. Uh, so I would love to have Micah Hyde back, as we all would. We don't know where Odell Beckham Jr. is going to go still. Um, that could be determined uh, by the time this podcast posts. We don't really know. Um <clears throat> You know, he could be taking his time. I mean, what's the hurry, right? Uh, you get him. You gonna go to the airport to to welcome him <laughs> to welcome him to Buffalo? Yeah. Um, yeah. Show I, support. Should we Should we go to the airport and bring some really cold ass wings for him so that when he's there we could get a photo op? Remember those guys did that, which I appreciate. You know, like I I've never I would never do that, but like they did that when Mitch Morse came a few years ago. Uh, Cold we can ask him if he likes blue cheese or ranch. <laughs> <laughs> blue cheese or ranch. We can ask him if he's ever played in the snow. What he thinks of snow. <laughs> and what 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 else are good ones? Um, why Buffalo? That remember for the longest time it was like why Buffalo? Why would you? Why would you ever come here? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I I I would like to think I. But I know if we were in our twenties, I I would consider it. <laughs> Now we're older, we're like, I got, I got stuff to do, man. I got, because, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure he likes blue cheese. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure he's been schooled up on that. <laughs> oh man, so, um, <clears throat> we're in a good place, man. This is, this is a, a good spot to be in as a Bills fan. Um, even though, you know, some people weren't as confident and, you know, I had my doubts definitely during the season when the Bills kept losing some really close games. Uh, but it seems like, you know, Josh Allen still isn't, uh, playing incredible football, but I think he played well tonight. Uh, 22 for 33, 223 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, he also added, you know, 20 yards on the ground tonight. Uh, here, John, fire emoji rating for Josh Allen tonight um, with what you saw. How many out of five would you give him? 14. 14. 
a digs a digs amount of uh, fire emojis. I like a, instead of 17 out of 10 confidence rating. I I'd say hmm, I definitely wouldn't give him five. I wouldn't even give him five. You're giving him much more than that. I'd I'd say he had a he had a good night. I'd give him three and a half, four, eh, three and a half. I think I think three and a half. I think it was an above average game, especially compared to you know certain games that that he had uh, in previous weeks where he was throwing interceptions. Uh, he did, you know, have that amazing throw, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about later. But, you know, he the following drive, he had that boneheaded throw where he threw it to two Patriots DBs, like, and they both dropped it. <laughs> you know, like, he didn't have a flawless game. Um, and he had that fumble. Didn't you, give him a th- didn't you give him a three and a half when he had those interceptions in the game? No. No, last week I gave him a three and a half, and I don't think he had any interceptions last week, did he? I think it was like... Two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I think I, I, I think I he had one. Two. He had one last week, didn't he? Did he have one last week? Maybe. Okay, well, I'll let one go. I don't remember. <laughs> three and a half. Three and a half. I think. No, I, I I disagree. He's him and Diggs. They're the heart and soul of the offense. They're the only players that ever step up on the offense. He gets. I I, I renege all my previous emojis. He he gets seventeen for the whole year. <laughs> seventeen for the whole. No matter what happens during the entire game. So John, what you're referencing right now when you mention that is something I believe we retweeted from the official CTW Pod uh, Twitter account. But you texted it to us in the group text. And uh, why don't you explain what you saw? It was from the Ross Tucker podcast. It was Greg Cosell, I believe. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, Greg Cosell, he's he's definitely worth a listen for anybody who hasn't listened to him before. He's a real smart dude. He's like an NFL Films, like, I don't know if you call him an analyst or what he is. Hold on. Greg Cosell, uh, NFL Films legend, ESPN matchup show star, tape wizard. Greg Cosell's raw notes of his film. Okay, okay. So he's a senior producer at NFL Films. Like, he, he's been on One Bill's, anyone that's heard One Bill's live in the past you know, has definitely heard him on. And there was something that like he mentioned uh specifically I'll I'll let you I'll let you just describe exactly what he mentioned on Ross Tucker's podcast. Because he was he was completely and blatantly honest about his his uh analysis of the Bills offense. Yeah, he's he's basically saying that like everybody's like enamored with like this super talented offense, but it's not really that super talented. It's you know, the offensive line is suspect and the running game isn't really there, even though they're trying to, to develop it. They, they have one real good receiver and then a bunch of other guys, and they just rely on one special guy, Josh Allen, to do it all every week. And, the, you know, essentially that's that's hard. Or in other words, that's not sustainable necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of concerning since it, He's right on the money with with that with those comments. Really, um, it's just Allen and Diggs every week. You know, um, y- you might get flashes from other players once in a while, but nobody's really stepping up. Like Davis is dropping balls. You you seen? I mean, McKenzie's done better the last few weeks, but he's dropped balls. Singletary dropped a few balls today. Like the the offensive line. Like Knox. Who, like what team does Knox play for? Like. At, I haven't seen him. Like, <laughs> the, it's just those two guys. They need. That's. I think that's why. Like a lot of Bills fans are like, they see this all this OBJ rumors, and they're like, oh, let's get this guy. And it's like, you know what? That's justified to to get that guy because he would be huge. I think for this offense. 
Yeah, I think you I think you put it together perfectly. When he when you first texted us that clip of him saying that, like and just being completely and brutally honest, at first you're like, wait, 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 what? And then after a while you're like, um, I can't really detect any lies in anything that he's saying right there. Their offensive line, even even without the injuries, like they have a couple of pieces that are above average that you know are above average in Dawkins and Morris. And then you have a bunch of guys that are around average, maybe slightly, but like no great players, uh, no, no like top five, top 10 players, maybe on the offensive line, maybe Morris, maybe Dawkins. I mean, they're all, they're starters, but like that doesn't make them a good offensive line just because they're starters, right? Like they're very thin as we saw tonight with Questenberry playing on an injured ankle, uh, you know, I mean, Spencer Brown, I mean, he's a starter, but I wouldn't, I think Bills fans have seen him really take his lumps today. And then you talk about like the, the weapons that you just mentioned. I mean, his protection is subpar. Um, the running backs are, are okay. We're starting to finally see something in cook again, nothing stupendous to the level of Allen and Diggs yet. Um, so their run game is okay. Um, and then their wide receivers, like we were hoping Diggs or Davis would take the next step. He still hasn't. Um, McKenzie, everything that you just mentioned, like you're right. Uh, Allen is special, Diggs is special, and then there's, you know, nine other guys, right? And like like you said, Knox, I mean, what do, they're paying him as what? A top five tight end? Where the hell is he? Like he's nowhere to be found. And it's not like the Bills have this like amazing trio of receivers that, okay, okay, that's why he's not getting the targets because they have to feed Diggs, Davis, uh, uh, insert a good third wide receiver, <laughs> you know, which they don't have. Like, they don't have one. So um, there's no reason why he should be completely uninvolved every single week, it feels like. Um, I don't have the stats on him, but, geez, I'd be surprised if he was top top 25 in tight end targets, you know. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that part is concerning, man. Like, I think they – I think, you know, I always say each year – in season, and we've been talking about this, you know, since the drought year. It's like, man, once you get that quarterback, every year you have to spend at least one draft pick on offensive line help. You need to spend at least one draft pick on tight end, wide receiver, you know. And I feel like they do a little bit, but uh, they haven't prioritized some things. So anyway, uh, yeah, I, I like that. I like that one a lot. Uh, I, I do think like they've they've tried to get faster like they drafted cook they drafted secure now like they're both rookies so like and we know how the bills are with rookies they like to take their time um so hopefully maybe you know like at some point i mean cook they they gave cook a lot of steps today a lot of touches and that was good to see because he he did well uh so i hope they do more things like that um with those guys yeah, I know. I mean, Cook is your Captain Cook, man. Is your boy? I mean, you've been you've been ringing his bell since the beginning, since they drafted him, and he looked phenomenal tonight. Um, as as he does when he's been getting the ball as of late, he led the Bills rushers. Um, all right, let's go into stats of the game real quick. Stats of the game. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. So you're telling me there's a chance. All people can come up with statistics to prove anything, Kent. 40% of all people know that. I already mentioned Josh Allen's stats. Um, 
James Cook, Captain Cook, 14 carries, 64 yards. Uh, he had that one long 28-yard run. Devin Singletary, the next leading rusher, 13 attempts, 51 yards, one touchdown. Uh, leading receiver for the Buffalo Bills, Stephon Diggs, seven receptions on nine targets for 92 yards and a touchdown. Isaiah McKenzie, five receptions on five targets for 44 yards. Dude, Isaiah McKenzie, man, is is there? Should the Bills just only activate Isaiah McKenzie for Patriots games? Because I feel like that's 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 when he really decides to show up. Um, another another halfway decent game by Isaiah McKenzie. After after a few stinkers, he's he's coming back to life. James Cook, Captain Cook, six targets, six receptions, 41 yards. Good in the receiving. T- I I love the fact that they're starting to kind of use James Cook in that little, you know, out of the backfield, go up the... It's almost like... And John, you kind of mentioned this with with us losing Cole Beasley earlier this season. It's kind of like they're using him a little bit in that sense. Did you get that feeling like where he'd he'd go five yards past the line of scrimmage, you know, get a little... find a little pocket, sit there, and just wait for... Allen to throw him a pass and maybe he gets seven, eight yards, maybe more depending on the, on the play. And, and that's, that's great enough. You know, that's, that's, that's a good, that's a good check down for Josh Allen. Yeah, for sure. Especially if he can, if he gets him the ball in space, like and kind of like on the run a little bit, he's got real good bursts and he can like make some stuff happen. Yeah. We saw it tonight. There were some long, long plays that, you know, looked really good. Mike, Mike, what's going on? To me, the most impressive thing is three away games in what twelve days. Like it's it's a heck of a streak, uh, especially sweet to to beat the Pats. Uh, John, did you like that they pulled away at the like? It, it was a little bit of a different feeling in the sense of compared to the last game where you almost have a heart attack, cardiac. Like it was a good like, oh, I'm not stressed. It was a different feel. Part part good because you weren't having heart palpitations, but. Yeah, that was my favorite part of the game, actually. Really? <laughs> it was nice and calm, and I didn't really have to worry, and especially being at night. You know, I don't want to, like, you know, get all, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I loved it. You had time to, like, check your email, maybe think, oh, am I hungry? Am I going to get another snack from the fridge or not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, I could eat. I could eat, I guess, you know. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to worry about that tonight. Didn't have it to seems worry. Like, like just the disparity just week to week with well, like we started the season right with just blow like blowouts and we got accustomed to it and then we started to get the low losses the nail nail biters and now this one like wasn't it didn't feel in doubt after jeez halftime's probably too early but early third quarter it felt like the Bills were walking away with this so it's just it's I have a new appreciation like for how different the games can feel week to week. Yeah, it was nice. They put together some nice long drives. They were establishing the run. Like, they were more balanced. It was, it was mm-hmm. good. Good to see. And the defense was lighting them up. I mean, the Patriots, I mean, they, they looked pretty awful by themselves. But uh, it was it was a good game. Yeah, it felt good to see a Belichick-led team look that awful. Um, when the Bills were up 17-7 to in the second quarter, and then the Patriots started to kind of go down the field and there was some mismanagement with timeouts and whatnot and then folk goes to hit that 48 yarder and you're like ah man you're watching it from from the tv and you're like ah he's gonna make it and then it ends up being shortened it doinks off the crossbar 
Like you're like, all right, all right, okay, all right, and you know, no scoring in the really in the third quarter at all. And then the Bills went up twenty four seven. It was just like, at no point did the Bills, unless they let go of like one splash play, like that first touchdown against them. You're like, they're not going to lose this game unless the Bills like give it up or Allen fumbles it and you you know the defense picks it up for a touchdown. I think the Bills have this, and to your point, they did. It really wasn't in question. I was I felt good most of the second half. A stark difference from the Lions game, uh most of the most of the Browns game, uh the Vikings game, uh the Jets game, <laughs> like every other game where they either won or lost by just a few points. Yeah. Uh, like it's because the game felt well in hand, like you, you start to think about other things like, oh, this this weekend schedule, like the Dolphins game is huge, of course, the Kansas City game. Like, man, a couple things go our way. It seems in the last couple of weeks, like everyone we wanted to lose has won. They've been playing the bottom dwellers. But this week, finally, like some teams ahead of us have a chance, a legit chance to lose. <laughs> Get their comeuppance. Which would be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I'm loping for what is that? Comeuppance, like, like they're an evil villain. <laughs> comeuppance, like they're from the 1930s. Ah, you see, he's going to get his comeuppance, finally. <laughs> what is it? What's the psychological term? Is that schadenfreude? If you're taking taking pleasure in others? Somebody else's misfortune. Yeah. Yeah. There I'll... should be an English word for that. <clears throat> hmm. I don't know. There should there should absolutely be an English word for it. We should come up with one. Um, but we should... Uh, I'm going to... There should be... Like, English is so limiting, man. <laughs> we're just so lazy why haven't we just come up with something why haven't we come up with like an English version and call it Shadenfrad or something like that <laughs> Shadenfrad I don't know like just something that sounds kind of like the German but this is going to be a Schadenfrad now I don't even know how to say it anymore <laughs> Schadenfreude Schadenfreude like, weekend to your point like love love is one word there should be like 10 different words for love it should be like the love you have for your friends versus the love you have for Josh Allen or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> or your significant other. There's only 10. The first like nine are like friends and family, different family members. And the 10th is Josh Allen only. <laughs> that would be top three, I think. That'd yeah. One of the first ones you define. Uh, yeah. Right, because they're all so different. Yet special. <laughs> uh, so, Mike, what, speaking of Josh Allen, fire emoji rating for Josh Allen, how many out of five would you give him? And then I'll tell you what we gave, what John and I each gave him. Five. Five. Wow. Okay, so John was in the same boat. I He's do not care about – I don't care about the individual awards, and I don't think he does either. Like, we started off the MVP – Runner and then definitely dipped, but uh, like perhaps because the the Bills had the game well in hand, you could think about other things. And MVP, like when you actually start thinking about it, most valuable player, not the best. Like I don't, I think we have a natural bias, but I I can't say with one hundred percent certainty he's the best player in the league. But that's what it seems like the MVP award. It seems like the best quarterback gets that award. And I don't know if like when they put up the stats about how much of the offense is attributable directly to him, it's mind-blowing. 
But, like, I think he means more to his team than anybody else. So this kind of goes into, so we, we, we had a small discussion about that text that John sent us, which was um, a clip of Greg Cassell, which is, like, the executive producer or whatever, senior film analyst over at NFL Films. And he was on the Ross Tucker podcast, and he mentioned that, you know, the Bills' offense is – isn't as mind-blowing as folks would think from the outside. He's like, when you really look at it, it's Josh Allen is very special. Stephon Diggs is special. And then there's a lot of other guys there, too. Like, nobody specifically stands out in any way, shape, or form. And when you said, and at first I was just like, what do you mean? He's like, it's like a top three offense, like, in every category. Like, how can you not? And then it's just like, you know what? That combined with what you just said like how much is attributed to him specifically and the fact if you really really look at the cast of characters around him and you look from like a large macro standpoint instead of just like because we're fans these are all the guys that we always look at and kind of analyze like there's some guys that might be above average but this is not a great offense around him you know whereas you can see some other teams where like you know you look at the 49ers like they have running backs that are way better than the Buffalo, but they have better offensive linemen probably than the Buffalo Bills do, you know, and they have a really good, you know, they have some really good wide receivers. Like, like for all intents and purposes, like they might have a way better offense minus Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs than the Bills do, but he is what props them up to be the, maybe like you said, maybe not MVP of the league, but in the team, I mean this, you put Mac Jones on this team, like they're probably bottom half in every statistic. Uh, statistical category because of the talent around him which which Josh Allen literally makes look better than they really are week in and week out yeah I think that's kind of what I was trying to say maybe it it didn't come out that way but like I think if if you consider if the criteria for most valuable player is the most valuable player to his team like I think it's Allen hands down Uh, just those KC teams that always torched us right it was it wasn't Mahomes on a, on his own yet, right? It's, it's Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. It's, they always had a premier back. It, it, they had so many more weapons than, than Josh has right now. Gabe Davis, man, where you been? <laughs> Gabe was that his high watermark last year in the playoff, like the KC game? Is that was that a he make a deal with the devil sold his soul for one game? <laughs> it must be, it must be because he has not had a game like this. Uh, Gabe Davis's stat line tonight: two receptions on seven targets, fifteen yards, one touchdown. I mean, get me wrong, don't get me wrong. Like that was a great touchdown catch. Kind of didn't think he would catch it because nobody else was expecting the ball to be thrown on that play specifically. But I mean, give him credit. He well, the defense it. gave. I mean, it was all Allen. <laughs> <laughs> he put that where only I wouldn't say that was one percent Gabe Davis. That was I didn't even know Gabe Davis caught it because I was in awe just watching Allen over and over again. Especially the way the camera angle was, you're like, was he actually out of bounds or d- he was definitely in bounds? There was no question about that. What a great play! What a great play that was. Um, <clears throat> certainly the play of the game. Certainly, yeah. We'll we'll we're gonna do sweet sassy soon. Uh, but Mac Jones, done. we're done. Okay, let's not even do it. Let's not waste our time. Mac Jones, twenty-two for thirty-six, one hundred ninety-five yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. Ramondre Stevenson, ten carries, fifty-four yards. Uh, leading receiver for the Patriots, uh, Marcus Jones, 
uh, two receptions for 51 yards. And that's all we needed to go for, uh, for that. Stats of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Um, <clears throat> how about we do this? Let's take a quick commercial break. When we get back, we'll do our Sweet Sassy Molassie play of the game, which we already know what that's going to be, Our uh, and who we're going to put on our wall of fame and wall of shame with some help from our followers on Twitter. So stick around. All right, welcome back to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, we This is our recap show. I'm, I'm with my co-hosts, John and Mike. And uh, let's do our Sweet Sassy Molassie play of the game. Sweet Sassy Molassie. Get out the checkbook and pay Grandma for the rubdown. Um, the touchdown pass we just mentioned, right? The, the Josh Allen one. Anyway, nobody has anything different, right, John, Mike? It's that play. Absolutely. That was such a good play. It was I I, I likened it to that meme, um, you know that famous meme where uh, you thought you thought Josh Allen was down, right? I mean, even the defensive backs, like you mentioned, Mike, they they thought the play was over, so they stopped covering the receivers, specifically Gabe Davis, and uh, it was like that meme where that old guy like is being held at knife point by uh, the car. <clears throat> I put this on Twitter, but. In case you're not following us on Instagram or Twitter, it's like you think he's down, and he's like, "Oh no, someone called 911," and then he comes up with a gun. He's like, "But not for me." <laughs> I don't know why. It just made me think of that one. I, I love that. Oh, your post, I really like it. Very applicable. Yeah, oh, thanks. Topical. I'm super, dude. I'm into memes, but that was a deep, deep, deep cut. <laughs> like if I hadn't seen your post, I'd be like, "No way." <laughs> Do I know what you're talking about? You explained it really well. I feel like I've seen that more and more recently. It's the only one that I feel like is getting more run in my head, at least, is that one with the dude with the uh, the skull face from Modern Warfare sitting in the car, like looking at looking at uh, the other guy in the car or something. But it's the only one I see getting more you run. Must be belong to different meme fan <laughs> clubs. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, let's go into Wall of Fame and Wall of Shame. <clears throat> let's start with the Wall of Fame. Wall. John, who do you put on your Wall of Fame in... Oh, we got rid of this segment. The it's victory all... over the... We're all going to say Josh Allen. <laughs> John, <laughs> are you going to go with Josh Allen? I was going to say Allen and Diggs. Oh, Allen and Diggs. See, there's that's why we have this segment because it's not as predictable as Mike thinks. Mike, do you have? Okay, so Mike puts Josh Allen on his wall of fame. <laughs> say, I'll say Josh Allen and uh, Stefan Diggs. Three for three for the for the same reason we just mentioned. Greg Cosell, our good friend over at NFL Films, basically saying, and like we mentioned, no lies detected, man. Those two, and then there's uh, some other guys that are. Some are pretty good. Some are okay. Yeah, and th- and that was posted before the game, so like you know, it it rang true even still afterwards, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, it's very consistently this season. That's what it's been, right? It it's funny. It it kind of reminds me of like I, I can't even remember the movie all of, all of a sudden, but it's like you always knew what had to happen or something to that effect, and it was just like I it's think Braveheart. Braveheart. Man. Thank you. Thank you. I, I couldn't remember when that Robert the Bruce Bruce is betrayed by his father, who 
in turn betrays <laughs> William Wallace. Yes, for for his uh, <laughs> for his uh, his rights as a duke. What was he? I don't remember. He was Sir Isaac the Bruce. That's what he was. He was Isaac the Bruce to be a Bruce. You had to sell out William Wallace, apparently. Um, to be king. To be, that um, was the price of your kingdom, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Dude, you, good memory. Um, but this was like, he kind of opened up my eyes. It's like we always kind of thought that that was the case. But when the somebody... What are we talking about? <laughs> Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs being the oh, only, okay. like, really good players on this offense. And when you think about it, it's just like, man, like, it just... He he said what we were all thinking, but we didn't want to say it out loud because the Bills' offense is so good. But yeah, it just became more apparent after that. So, <clears throat> wall of shame in today's win. Shame, shame, shame. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna have the same thing on this one, John. What about you? Well, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but. <laughs> The rest, the, offense, was, the rest of the offense. The rest of the offense. My, yeah, my basically, yeah, my wall shame was going to be like players not stepping up on the offense outside of Allen and Diggs. I mean, Cook, Cook had a good game today. Um, I, I hope they continue to give him that opportunity. Um, I trending in Kira. the right direction. Captain Cook yeah, is looking great for sure. I love Captain Cook. I hope they give Shakir the same opportunity as well. Um, those guys are both fast guys that can make things happen, I think uh, they're going to be good for the Bills' future. You know what they need with Captain Cook is they need to come up with, like, you know how there's Josh's Jacks and, like, there's Stefan Diggs has his own blue cheese. They need a cereal for Captain Cook that's, like, um, Captain Crunch-like. It tastes just like Captain Crunch, but it's really Captain Cook's or something like that. That would be sick. I love Captain but Crunch. It's twi- but it's twice the price. <laughs> <laughs> It's twice the price, yeah. Oh, of course, has twice the amount of sugar and dye that like normal. Yeah, absolutely. One percent of proceeds go to charity. <laughs> uh, how does that work? Like, if if one percent of proceeds, because I can't... and then when you and then when you go to check out, Wegman says, <laughs> "Would you like to donate five dollars?" <laughs> like, you're a billion dollar corporation, and I'm on food stamps. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let me get this straight. Can you? Can you? Can you? If it's a tax write-off for you. I was gonna ask you, like, how does that come out with like tax write-offs? Because if I'm donating five dollars, I don't get to write that off on a tax. I don't get a receipt that says you donated five dollars to Food Link, right? Like they're just like, oh, well, we'll just think, take your money. I think if you you have to like itemize your deductions, it's got to be so much that it would be over your standard deduction. <laughs> Gotcha. So I would. If you keep all those receipts and add them up, you could. I just want to make sure that Wegmans isn't taking my five dollars and is like, "Well, we just gave five dollars to charity <laughs> via Nate or Mike or John." Hey, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they keep it in smaller amounts because they know if you keep doing fifty cents here, or two dollars <laughs> there, you're never going to itemize, and they're like, "Well, we might as well take advantage of it." <laughs> Corporate charity. <laughs> Uh, that's my wall of shame. Corporate charity. We tricked Nate today. <laughs> <laughs> we tricked Nate into giving to people, you know. Um, 
what's great about that too is like especially if they like donate to one of their own charities that they own and they just get to pocket their own money indirectly it's genius it's, mm. they get the tax write off they get the money they get everything <laughs> like 5 cents of every dollar actually goes to the charity just like every charity so um uh yeah that's my wall of shame charity so uh mike what do you put on your wall of shame john's was john's was everyone but stefan Diggs. which 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 john you mentioned captain cook like he's coming on big like that actually one could argue he could be the missing piece that's actually starting to step up whereas like singletary kind of held that role a little bit but um it's taking the pressure off Josh Allen. He didn't have to throw for 300 yards today, and they still won handily. You know, like that—that that was he's a good combination on the ground and in the air. I, I love what he's become, and I'm getting excited more and more each week that uh, we get to see him. So, uh, still not at that level of obviously Allen and Diggs, but love what we're seeing from him. Mike, can you be? Can you be a missing piece of your presence? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say Ken Dorsey is a lot like. Cook's always been there. He's just getting more involved. So I think we tip our cats to Dorsey, too. I think he called it a really good game. Yeah. Yeah, he was this missing piece that we didn't know was missing. <laughs> or we thought we <laughs> we thought we found in Singletary, and he just brings a different dimension. And your wall of shame was corporations asking for charitable donations that then they subsequently donate themselves. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite thing right now is like, okay. yeah, is when they get the tax right off and everything and you and I foot the bill for it which means that they pay less taxes and then we have to pay more taxes because of it so that's always a good time um no i'm just and then kidding. they're probably underpaying their workers so they would be subsidized by oh yeah yeah by you. <laughs> well their their workers can't afford any benefits so then i have to pay for their benefits too so that just makes sense <laughs> i think i will just say offensive line I was just joking with mine, by the way. I was gonna. I'm going the same thing with yours with offense. I had actually offensive tackles specifically because the guys were just freestyles. Now, I did feel bad saying that though because you know Questenberry was playing with it felt like one leg, <laughs> and he was still going up against like one of the best rushers in the entire NFL, and so he's just trying to stand there. Then they put in Bobby Hart and they put in other guys, but. <clears throat> Man, Josh Allen steps back and he has like one or two rushers going free at him every single time. You know, we just we're just got to be thankful that it wasn't right up the gut. You know, think about a guy that should have a serial Questenberry. Does that sound like something? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) David, yeah, (laughs) that's a good one. David Questenberry serial. I like it. Well, maybe not the David, right? (laughs) Oh yeah. That's the only part I added to what you said. Yeah, David, right? No, that's actually terrible. Uh, no, there's a little marshmallows of David floating around <laughs> inside. <laughs> with the Questenberries. You try to pick them up with your spoon, and your spoon just keeps going right past the Questenberries. <laughs> like a turnstile. Anyway, so, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's... that's. I think it sounds too much like a dangleberry, though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, now that you said it. <laughs> so we make the cereal brown, right? Get it? <laughs> and the marshmallows are like little, look like little white pieces of string. Toilet paper. Toilet paper. Oh, gotcha. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it was all hands on deck, skeleton crew, with it, like, hats off to him, because we saw him on the table getting retaped out, but then they had to show that play where he just, what's the defensive end's name? Matthew Judon. O'Shea. No, the other guy. O'Shea. O'Shea, yeah, yeah, O'Shea. We would just, like, bolt around the edge, and then you'd see Questenberry, like, after the after the guy's already by him, then he sticks his hands up. <laughs> it looked like a video game that's, like, lagging. <laughs> it's like he didn't even know the snap, the snap happened. <laughs> we, like, you know what's the funny thing about that? That, that can't be good. <laughs> Tell him getting over a cold. There was, there was, uh, <clears throat> as much as you want to give Questenberry credit for, you know, playing through it, like, there's no reason his arms couldn't have been out. He wasn't, his arms weren't injured. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> the guy had already run past him before he was out of his stance. <laughs> it's like, oh shit. <laughs> um, Sometimes, I mean, they kept bringing in, like, Tommy Sweeney or someone else to, to help chip block for whoever he was next to, and he wasn't any much, he wasn't much better. He led to, the, he had that, uh, that one play where, uh, it was a 41 yard touchdown, touchdown to Diggs. To Diggs, yeah. yep, and he was holding on that play. And it was blatant, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. even close. I mean, I'll, I'll give a wall of shame not to Sean Hockley, because I was kind of hoping the, the Hockley refereeing G would, Gene would die with Ed, and it kept going with Sean, <laughs> and he's a terrible referee. I mean, he did have some good calls against the Patriots, you know, but some pretty up-in-the-air ones for... And I don't know where I've been all season. I didn't realize that the DeMar Hamlin hitting a defenseless receiver was a was a disqualification penalty. I must have missed that memo, or have, I haven't seen it yet, uh, but... I thought that was a good hit. Like I, I don't understand what happened there. That should be reviewable. If you're gonna disqualify someone, like, did he even hit him in the head? Like I didn't see that. He hit. I mean, his head went down because he was was trying to catch the ball. But yeah. like, I don't think he hit him in the Demar head. Demar Hamlin right? didn't hit him with his head. It wasn't a head to head hit. He hit him with his shoulder. It was a good hit. I mean, it was a like it seemed good to me. Like it looked like it hurt, but like I didn't think it was like illegal. Well what's what's Damar Hamlin supposed to do in that in that situation where he's he's going at full speed. What do you what do you want to like do you want to wait a half second? And you know, then like wait till I, I what can he he's covering the guy, he's that close in coverage. There's absolutely nothing he can do. If anything, it all falls on Mac Jones for throwing the ball into a place where his receiver's about to get leveled, so he should be the one to get gets penalized. I'm just gonna say that right there. I agree with you guys. Like coming over the the center is like so bang bang, and I, I like how the NFL is trying to protect hits to the head much more. But if you're gonna kick somebody out of the game, like it wasn't done maliciously. Like we've seen the highlights, like with guys just head hunting receivers or Vontez Burfict just like looking to kill somebody, and like that, I think you automatic ejection. But like this wasn't that. We've seen Christian Wilkins grab at Josh's jacks. In the pile, and <laughs> there's no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's so much more malicious. Well, I mean, didn't almost give him a concussion that way, but you know. Anyway, so yeah. Well, what'd you think of the Poyer pick that got called back? 
It made sense considering it was Sean Hockley calling it. John? <laughs> it it did look like it hit the ground when he went down, right? Did I, unless I missed something. I didn't think it hit the ground, but it did move in his arms. Yeah, I didn't think it hit the ground. I think I thought it moved in his arms. What? What? I don't get it. I think it's allowed to move, right? Like you just you just can't hit the ground as you're coming down. I think the rule is like you've got to survive the ground, and I don't think that's considered surviving the ground. If it moves at all, like it's not considered, which is which is insane because, like, if this was if this was on the field of play. And that thing still happens. As long happened. as you have a hand under it, then you're fine. Exactly, you know? exactly. If this was in the field of play, but the it is of a different field. rule for for the middle of the field versus like sideline. But why? Like as sideline. far as that, if if this was the middle of the field and he caught it and he fell on the ground and he didn't lose the ball, well, be the, but he the, still it's moved. The two feet thing. Then he would get hit. It's the, he's gonna have two feet in. If he has two feet in, and then he's then he's going out of bounds. He's got to the ball can't move. If it moves, then you gotta get two feet and bounce again. Oh, really? Okay. That's 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 how I'm interpreting it. Well, it's supposed to like replace the fact that you can't do a football move in the middle of the field or on on, on the sidelines like you can in the middle of the field. So, like, if this was in the middle of the field, his football move would be like him bobbling it but not losing it, and then like getting up or like getting tapped or something like that. I don't know. It's just such a. I thought it was a good play. I mean, but the ball moved, so it wasn't, but... Hey, either way, though, like, Poyer, heck of a game, right? Like, are they going to extend him or what? Like, what's what's taking so long? Maybe that's why they're 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 moving some money around, right? Moving some money around? I thought it was OBJ, but maybe they're just trying to extend Poyer. I mean, the guy's been a soldier this year, even though he's missed a few games. I mean, what, the guy drove 17 hours to KC or whatever to play in that because he had a punctured lung or something like that, and... Or collapsed long or whatever, and he couldn't fly, but he ended up driving. I mean, that's that's who's ever driven seventeen hours. And Mike, that's like your annual trip down to Florida, right? Like you, like that's not fun to do. You don't look forward to that. You're like, oh, that was easy, you know. Of course, it'd be nice if you probably had a chauffeur doing it the whole way, and you were like in like a Yukon Denali or whatever, leaping in a hyperbolic chamber, <laughs> <laughs> getting fed like you know caviar and you know. Uh, champagne the entire way, yeah. yeah. But no, I people mean... People massaging me. <laughs> <laughs> All over, separate people massaging separate areas <laughs> the same time, yeah, totally. Yeah. I think he should be extended. Um, I don't think... I bet you he gets, like, maybe a one-year extension. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I can't see them. His, 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 market, his market value's gone down, though. That's for sure, just because of the injuries, but... I think he's phenomenal, and I'm more and more convinced the more I see DeMar Hamlin. Not that I don't like him. He's just not close to being on Jordan Poyer or Micah Hyde's level at this point in his career. Um, the question is, though, if they are gonna, if they are or are not going to extend Jordan Poyer, but what about Odell Beckham Jr.? I mean, by the time we post this podcast, we could have information about whether he comes to Buffalo or not. And it uh, sounds like it's between us and the Cowboys. Maybe potentially the Giants also. Who thinks we get him? Because I, I, I'm convinced that we don't. Just because I'm still in the mindset of the Bills can't have nice things. So, and plus I always, the Bills are so up against the cap. John mentioned they just cleared $2.5 million by uh, restructuring Tredavious White's deal. Uh, there's always going to be a team that has more cap space than you. And even if it's like, let's say we offered him $2.5 million, right? Or whatever this season. 
um, you know, there's going to be a team that can offer him five million this season. I'm sure they can they can make cap space or whatnot, but uh, in the end, I just don't think the Bills have that much money in general to allocate to to Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. So like. Up until earlier today, I was gonna, I would say, yeah, they're gonna get him because Von Miller's all but guaranteed it. But then again, Von Miller just said, yeah, I might miss a game, and that's it. And then they put him on, <laughs> like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't trust Von Miller as much. What he's saying, <laughs> he's like, he's like, no, I feel great. I might be able to play in a week or so. <laughs> and they're like, shut him down for a minimum of four games. <laughs> yeah. Von Miller's like, oh, Odell Beckham Jr. is definitely coming to Buffalo. <laughs> and you're like, eh, I don't know about that. Mike, what do you think? Odell Beckham Jr. to Buffalo. Slam dunk? I think it's a really a, a question of his motivation at this point. Um, what incentivizes him? I think, like, it's it's the Von Miller signing, like, proved once and for all, like, the Bills are a, a premier destination because of the culture, because of the winning, like, the franchise com- obviously completely turned around. So I think we would stack up against anybody. I wish it wasn't against Dallas. Like Dallas is that stupid America's team moniker that they somehow invented. Right. Yeah. How they got away with that. I have no idea. We should just come up with something like, ah, oh, we're the world's team. <laughs> we're North, we're like, North America's if you, team. If you say it, you say it enough times and people, other people start saying it, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that that was genius. Um, We're America's podcast, so this is <laughs> <laughs> the Buffalo Bills' own podcast. <laughs> the, there, yeah, the podcast of Buffalo, <laughs> like to just blatantly blanket. What were you gonna say? But but the, the Amazon podcast I thought was really cool. Watching the end, like seeing Josh Allen come out to be interviewed in Fitzpatrick's jersey, like it seemed like I think it's more real in Buffalo, whereas a lot of places it's very superficial. And I, I don't know if that becomes evident to players when you're visiting for a day, but hopefully Von Miller can <laughs> convince uh, Odell Beckham that this is the place where he can win a ring. Do you think Josh Allen, when he does stuff like that, um, like I think of that, like you mentioned, wearing the Fitzpatrick jersey, Fitzpatrick's obviously beloved in Buffalo. I think about like when he came out for the first preseason game, I think it was this season, and he was wearing that red, like kind of throwback helmet. It was a special custom helmet that he had, and he got fans interested because fans were kind of hoping that that would be a throwback helmet that the Bills would wear the, with a with a red helmet with a blue charging Buffalo. <clears throat> like, do you think he just has a good PR team, or do you think? like Josh Allen is just that in tune with the fans and Bill's mafia and what they like and don't like. Uh, because it's, it's kind of like, I think, I think it's, I think it's a little bit of both. Cause it, with things like you, you just made me think of that with the Fitzpatrick thing. I think he knows what Bill's fans like, and he's just in tune with it. Like how many quarterbacks are just like, I don't care about Ryan Fitzpatrick, like whatever, like I'm on, I'm into winning this game. That's all that matters. Right. Like he's just like, Oh, like a quick shout out to the, to Bill's mafia. I think it's real. Just like we always say, we never really know anybody, right? Any of any of them could have a tortured dungeon in their basement, for all we know. But with Alan, like you can see how the people around him respond to him. Um, I think that speaks for itself. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of Jeffrey Dahmer documentaries lately. <laughs> Trying to think of who on the team would be Matt Milano. I think would be the Jeffrey Dahmer on the team. He's like so quiet. 
it's just like <laughs> you know very like uh like uh not he's not socially awkward because i think he's social when he has to be but he's no one would ever accuse him of being overly social or anything like that and uh tremaine edmonds is kind of quiet but it's a little bit different yeah my my pick is matt milano being like the jeffrey dahmer like guy plus Plus, people always talk about, like, there's this big thing in culture now talking about how attractive he is. And we know people in Bill's Mafia think Mamelano's attractive. So, yeah, Torture Dungeon. Yep. <laughs> I would say Ken Dorsey. I don't know about, like, the Dahmer comparison, but... Ken Dorsey. Like, so, like in a fit of rage, something happens in the name. <laughs> it puts the lotion in the basket. It puts the lotion in the bleeping basket. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, I can see yeah, that. I didn't know you were coming after just like you're attacking just people that are introverts. <laughs> <laughs> John's John's John, John John's... and I are getting a little anxious. <laughs> you guys aren't introverts. It's all good. Your family members, however. <laughs> uh, mm. Um now let's head over to Twitter, as I do each week. Um Ask who or what is on your wall of fame and wall of shame in today's win or loss. And put it on to Twitter. If you're not following us, please do. We're at CTWPod, like Circling the Wagons Pod. Lonnie Engel writes, wall of fame, Diggs and Captain Cook. Also, shout out to Edmonds. Seemed like he was all over the field. Man, there was a driver too where like Edmonds was just everywhere. I like when people call him the Predator because it's like a cool... That's a cool nickname because he's like huge... And he has like the long dreads. It just reminds me of the Predator, especially when he attacks people like that. He looked good. Wall of shame: the bad calls, Poyer's interception, Hamilton or Hamlin's penalty. Receiver lowered his head. Not sure what Hamlin was supposed to do. Yep, basically exactly like we said. Big R writes: Wall of fame, the Bills. Everyone gets kudos when you dominate division rival on the road. Also, the Pats for giving up. Knowing a loss was inevitable, John. You mentioned that that the them going for just a field goal when they were down twenty four to seven. It's just like what, <laughs> you know. But but we'll go for that, the onside that, kick. That, that, yeah, that's what the Bills used to do. <laughs> oh yeah, isn't it amazing how much Belichick regresses when he doesn't have the best quarterback of all time as his quarterback? Well, you got to put an asterisk next to that. Of course. Level cheating. <laughs> Wall of shame, he writes, no one. Go Bills. Gettysburg, the folk missed field goal. Hilarious end to the first half. Yeah, it did. It, it was. OG Singletary Stan. Wall of fame, Cook and Diggs. Cook stepped up and made some decisive cuts that kept the ball rolling, and Diggs is him. Wall of shame, drops and penalties. Can't hate on Questenberry too much. Uche was playing out of his mind, and Q was on the wrong side of the line for his strengths. Yeah, Q. Yeah, it's not ideal that he uh, he has to play swing tackle, but uh, especially injured. Josh Rinkin writes, "Wall of Fame run game. We surprisingly were great against the Patriots' run defense. Yeah, surprisingly. Yeah. Wall of Shame between Davis and Hamlin. Both were poor. Davis couldn't catch routine passes, and Hamlin was exposed time and time again. He really isn't it." We are missing Hyde big time. Big Mike writes, Wall of Fame, the team. Got the victory as a complete team, input and output. Yeah, definitely. What was nice about, real quick, before to interrupt Big Mike's tweet, what was nice about this game is that, remember there was like a, 
it looked like it was going to turn into one of those games where the third and longs get keep getting completed. Like there was a third and 18 and then it, the guy went for like 17 and a half yards. And you're like, you know, he almost got that. He was way too close to getting that against the Bills defense. And uh, that didn't keep up for the rest of the game. It wasn't like those routine third down plays were, were continuously getting first downs uh, for the New England offense. So that was, that was good to team. So uh, I like what big, big Mike mentioned complete got the victory as a complete team input and output wall of shame run defense still leaking a bit too much and offensive line inconsistencies due to injury as well as poor tackle play yep. buffalo dill writes wall of fame running game running out the clock also the bde that mcderm put out taking a knee with two minutes left and three pats timeouts oh bde okay i got it that's why you put the uh, the eggplant emoji right there. <laughs> Wall of shame. Any idiot that says that still says we shouldn't pay Edmonds. Mike Graham writes Wall of Fame digs. He made some crazy catches today. Josh Allen has to get a mention. He looks like he may be back. Yeah, it looks like it. He's getting he's getting there. Yeah. D- speaking of digs, we we mentioned how good Digs was today. Uh, he did have some really good catches where. Like, he came back on the ball, and then he made a cut, and he went upfield for more yards after catch. I mean, he's he's on a mission this season. There's no doubt about that. And, John, there was a, there's a stat about touchdowns with uh, Stephon Diggs this season, right? Yeah, so Diggs now has... Ten touchdowns, right? I believe t- ten. Yep, I believe ten touchdowns on the season. Um, the single-season franchise record for the Bills is 11. So he only needs a couple more to eclipse that. Yeah, which, I mean, you would think he would be able to do, for sure, by week 18, but maybe even within a 16-game season, which would be cool, too. Maybe by next week? Maybe by next week. Maybe by the first quarter of next game. Um, (laughs) Wall of shame, Questenberry. Felt like every time I saw him, he was laying on his stomach or looking backwards at the guy that beat him. Can't wait for Dawkins to come back. (laughs) Yeah, you'll realize how much you miss Dawkins until you have Questenberry (laughs) back there. Jay Tang, kind of in the same in the same breath. Wall of shame dropped passes. Wall of fame, bear with me, Questenberry. He was getting whipped. He was hurt the whole game and kept competing. Good on him. Yeah, yeah. You saw what it was even worse when he wasn't in there. Surprisingly, an injured Questenberry is still better than like I forgot who they had and like guys I'd never heard before. I mean, I knew Bobby Hart, but there was another guy who's like Murray or something. I'd call up from the practice squad. I don't know. I'd never heard of him. <clears throat> Andrew Freeman writes, Wall of Fame digs, Wall of Shame, the Patriots' home crowd. Was it just me, or did it feel like there was no noise when the Bills had the ball? <laughs> yeah, yeah, essentially, Andrew. It felt like the, the entire place was embarrassingly quiet. Anakin Skywalker writes, Wall of Fame, got to give some love for Questenberry. Got hurt the first drive of the game, can't come out because Dion's out. Missed like four plays. Dog. <laughs> he has the dog emoji, dog. As J- Jimmy McGin- McGinty famously said, you got to have heart. Jimmy McGinty, what's that from? Oh, the replacements. Okay. You got to have heart. Wall of shame, we broke the no punt streak versus New England. <laughs> Unacceptable rolling out, Sam. LOL. <laughs> I love that one. Richard W. Griswold writes, James Cook gets a wall of fame this week with 105 yards from scrimmage. Quisenberry gets wall of shame, but he did fight through the an- ankle injury. It's a good thing we didn't run into New England's first rounder, Cole Strange. <laughs> he was benched the third straight game for the third straight game. <laughs> I remember when the 
Patriots made that first round pick and the Rams were just laughing at it in a press conference. They were just laughing at it because they didn't even have a pick in the first two rounds, I don't think. It's like, we were looking at him in the third round. Ho, ho, ho. They were laughing. It was hilarious. McVay and uh, the GM there. I forget the GM's name. Josh Allen's left arm rights, Wall of Fame. Pats need a QB, and the Bills have one of the best in the game. Also, run game commitment. Now, I like what he said here about the... Nothing makes me feel... Even when Josh Allen doesn't have a great game, like nothing makes me feel better about having Josh Allen as our quarterback than when I get to watch every other quarterback play. It's just... It is such a stark difference. When I give Josh Allen like three fire emojis or maybe even two and a half, I still... I still so much better than every other quarterback that we get to see. Wall of Shame, he writes, tackling. The Gettysburg play of the game. As soon as the Pats fans started booing, I felt like that fueled the defense even more. Let's go, Bills. I wonder if that's... uh, I'm trying to think if they were booing at a penalty that that should have been called, a pass interference penalty or something that should have been called. Maybe it was that Taron Johnson tackle or pass breakup. All right, let's do a couple more. A.J. Tharp writes, Wall of Fame, Dorsey play calling, new to run the ball with Bobby Hart in the game. Dorsey saved Allen's life. Questenberry didn't look great, but he but he played hurt all game. Wall of Shane, the refs, this was a joke. They hit our kicker and no call. Poyer interception reversed. Hamlin ejected for stopping a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe they didn't they didn't call the um the hit on uh, I believe it was Sam Martin. And I think he went to the tent after that. He was injured. But he luckily he finished he finished out the game. Kyle Reynolds writes, I like this one. Says it was nice to enjoy an easy division win again. Nice way to end a Thursday for sure. Yeah, what what are those like, man? I miss these. <laughs> I miss these easy division wins. Those haven't had one in forever. Colby Pleasance writes, Wall of Fame, Josh Allen and Diggs. Them two are on a different level. Wall of Shame, Jordan Poyer called back interception. If that's not an interception, then I'm Helen Keller. <laughs> Love you, Nate. Hot take, Josh Allen is an alien. Absolutely. If you're going to write, I love you, Nate, or love you, Nate, I'm reading that one every time. (laughs) Private Joker 2003 writes, Wall of Fame, the coaching staff, it did not seem like the Pats expected or had any answer for the heavy ground attack. Plays were well executed. Yeah, Definitely put a a stop to the pass rush, for God's sake, like running it up the middle for once. Like the Bills were actually able to do that. Wall of Shame, Questenberry had a rough game, but I don't want to be too hard on a backup playing through an injury who showed heart. Yeah, it's almost like... You want to put him on the wall of shame, but you also want to put him on the wall of fame a little bit. Just for fighting through it, man. Alright, and that does it for wall of fame and wall of shame. Thank you guys all for taking part of that. That segment was brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Mike, John, any final thoughts on this victory against the Patriots? That feels the first division win of the season. Uh... It had to come in week 13 just based on the schedule and the fact that the Bills couldn't beat the Dolphins or the Jets earlier this season. But uh, I think we're all in a good place. John, how about yourself? No, I'm feeling great. I mean, they, like Mike said before, they, they won three road games in 12 days. Like um, They just started a tough stretch of divisional games, three in a row. Um, so it's good to, to start that divisional streak uh on a positive note uh they get a uh, uh, extra few extra rest days uh before they play the jets so that's good um yeah it's trending in the right direction yeah i love that mike what about you any final thoughts 
I mean, upcoming opponents, Jets, we're not worried about that, right? Dolphins, these are all like revenge games that we think the Bills are going to win. Bears, no problem. Bengals are not the Cinderella team from last year. And then the Patriots again at home. So I'm not worried about it. I think the Bills can win out. And if you look at the playoff odds right now, like to win the division after tonight, they have a 69% chance to win, 30% chance for that first round bye, and to win the Super Bowl, 15%, which has got them tied for the Cowboys. Chiefs are at 22. So love where they're at right now. Hopefully a couple games go this go our way this weekend and the Dolphins and the Bengals lose. Or uh, the Chiefs. <laughs> uh, I think the Bills can take care of business the next couple of weeks, no problem. Yeah, that's that's a good point, Mike. It, I th- I think I think uh, I I retweeted out this graphic from someone in Bill's social media. I can't remember who has it because I can't find it. But it's uh, it was rest of the season schedule difficulty. Here it is. Okay, okay, okay. It's from TJDMCR, and the toughest remaining strength of schedule. On this, and I'll, I'll share my screen so so Mike and John can see it. But this is this is the toughest remaining uh, strength of schedule, and you see the Bills are at over here at number ten, the tenth hardest uh, opponent winning percentage. Um, and if you look at the last in the entire NFL, it is the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs have the easiest schedule for the rest of the season. <laughs> based on opponent win percentage um and it's like it's almost i want to say 50% easier than what the bills have to face the rest of the season so the chiefs are 9 and 2 the bills are 9 and 3 i think at this point i'm not saying it's a given but i'm saying that bills fans need to prepare for the fact that they most likely will not get the first round by i mean you you gave it what were the odds like 38% or something a first round buy and I went. Well, I I disagree in the sense of like the the Chiefs have an extra game to play, which is huge because we as we know any given Sunday anything can happen. So the Chiefs have the Bengals, which is imminently losable. Uh, so the Bengals are at home, and then they've got the Broncos. They'll most like that's easy. Texans easy. Seahawks though resurgent Seahawks, like that that could in Seattle potentially be a loss. In Seattle or KC? No, KC, oh. and then Broncos Raiders. Oh, Raiders have started to come back a little. Um, David Carr, and like, as, uh, I, I, th- I think it's huge that the Bills have have uh, won tonight and have have that game behind them. Yeah, I, I still think it's definitely a possibility. I just want Bills fans to like not necessarily think like it's 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 imminent. Whereas we, the Bills would have a better chance based on you know the fact that they have a harder schedule. So the Bills still have to play the Dolphins again. They still have to play the Jets again, like we said, next week. Uh, they still have to play the Bengals, just like the Chiefs do. Uh, I don't have the schedule remember memorized off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's – I think there's one other game that I don't really like. Do you, do you guys agree? Like, I think the Bills are the better team, and they've just experienced some missteps along the way. Um, and I think if – they're in the process of getting back to form. Three road wins, huge. Uh, the Bills have been absolutely into- yeah, yeah. The Bills have been absolutely riddled with injuries on both sides of the ball, and they're eight points away from being twelve and zero. Yeah, and I don't think 
I think the Bills have a better chance of winning out than the Chiefs do. Would you agree with that? Yes. With the, ca- the, the caveat being that extra game is huge. Sorry, John. Yeah, especially considering who the opponent is. The Bengals match up really well against the Chiefs. I think the Bengals could definitely win that game outright. Yeah, and I agree to your point about like the winning percentage, Nate, but it's so skewed by the crappy teams. Like the Texans might be the worst team in the league, right? Um, they're just so bad, so it's really dragging down that winning percentage in, in the Broncos twice. So the three that we have circled that we're paying attention to for the Chiefs, Bengals, Seahawks, and Raiders, and I think they could lose any of those. Yeah, and we really just need them to have the same record as us because we have the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. I feel much better. I feel much better after talking. You're right. The one like crappy game, it doesn't because if you have one terrible team like the Texans, it's like one and nine or two and one and ten or whatever they are right now. And then you know you have that, and then the rest of the teams are like above five hundred or whatever, right? Like it ends up equaling out average wise, right? So. Okay, but even even those bad teams can win. Like you, you've seen it before. We're like, oh, this team is nine and zero. They're going to be ten and zero. They're playing the one and whatever. Oh, nope, they lost. Like that that's happened before. Coach gets fired, and then everybody gets inspired by the interim coach. Yep, <laughs> we've seen we've seen that that uh, movie before, <laughs> <laughs> up close and personal. Play good for one game, and then they realize who they are still, and they're like, I don't want to get injured this season. <laughs> <laughs> go back to their losing ways um, cool well thank you guys all for listening um, again this episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago uh, we're going to be on next week to talk uh, Bill's Jets so looking forward to that so signing off for John go Bills for Mike wait one more thing is Zach Wilson done as a Jet I, I hope not I hope they they yo-yo back and forth for the next like three years <laughs> deciding if he's the the guy or not just like i hope they do the same thing with mac jones <laughs> i hope it i never hope that they know if he's either the guy or not the guy because that's the worst place to be in we as bills fans know the worst it's like purgatory we're like ah should we give this guy a, an extension or shouldn't we you know like when they used to when the dolphins used to give ryan Tannehill like ex- an extension you're like Yes, <laughs> like, like, like we own Ryan Tannehill. Like he's not that good, but he's not like they. They just didn't want to give up the fact that he like might get better or something. I think that's the situation with most teams. Don't you? I mean, yeah, most teams. You don't, don't. You're not really sure if that's if that's your Super Bowl MVP or not. Your franchise QB. Yeah, that's true. Like the Bills are so. Like I don't know if we've really. It just seems underappreciated what the bills are doing because like sometimes we we get down on them john or uh like rail rail on their failings and inconsistencies but like you nobody would straight up change we used to have the discussion like would you trade the whole organization for a different organization um like for the longest time for decades it was the patriots were like the most well run team i guess you'd say but the bills it's not it's not even like it's the quarterback i wouldn't trade allen for anybody like i wouldn't trade mcdermott for anybody i wouldn't trade bean for anybody and the fact all three like and you could you could go down the roster like Diggs or poyer or high or like a lot of like that core group is like it's it's incredible that everything is aligned on one team like we're probably homers and i'm probably totally biased but like it's it, it to take a step back and uh, appreciate that the people 
in those positions uh, all associated are all associated with the bills right now. Like that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Well put Mike. That was a good sign off. <laughs> Appreciate. Oh, we're done. The t- all right. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> appreciate, appreciate where you are, what, what we're experiencing. And especially if you've been a, what a fan for longer than what, like eight, nine years, because then you've really seen the times that haven't been anywhere close to what, I mean, geez, Tom Donahoe was a GM, what GM, what, like 12 years ago or something like it wasn't that long ago before, like who <laughs> it's, it's uh Doug Wheelie, buddy Nix. Like we had all these uh. yeah. <laughs> just shuddered, right? Talking about throwing cold water on a Nick Chubb, right? Like thinking of all of those guys. Um, man, yeah, appreciate where you've come from, where we are, and even if it's not perfect week in and week out, and maybe you wanted to win by more, or you know, the Bills made some mistakes. Like this is this experience is not like I always kind of likened it, which is which is not PC whatsoever, but like like being a Bills fan for a while was almost like a form of like abuse, right, or a form of like masochism. Because, like, you knew, even though you hoped, you knew that the Bills didn't have what it took. It took at the quarterback position, at the coaching staff, or the GM, the guy bringing in draft picks. You're just like, it was just incompetence from the top down. Maybe even started with Ralph. I don't even know. Uh, but to be able to be in a spot like, like you mentioned, Mike, where the, all these three things are in place and they're great and we're able to enjoy this, uh, so much better it's just like you know someone brought up the Patriots fans and stuff like that like I'm loving the fact that the Patriots fans can't just like rely on their Hall of Fame quarterback and coach to dig them out of everything and to always be a Super Bowl contender year in and year out and not only not only not be a Super Bowl contender year in and year out not even be I mean they're last in the division (laughs) like this is great like this is a great place to be they're not used to this they're like hey what's going on Give this another season. They're going to be calling for Belichick's head if they're not already doing that, you know, um, especially if they finish last in the division where they're used to basically dominating, what, like 17 out of 20 seasons or whatever the, the case was. Um, yeah, this is good. The mob is fickle, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> I need another Braveheart quote to go with the the one I mentioned earlier. I forgot it was from Braveheart. Um my hatred dies with you. <laughs> Here we go. And for me, Nate, <laughs> go Bills. And we'll talk to you guys after the Jets game. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Let's go, Buffalo.
Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>